Hey, how's it going? Monday Night Football, 49ers, Rams, Irish NFL show. On a bit later after the football, how's it going? Hi everyone, welcome in. Joined by Colin Cronin, Brian O'Leary, and a special guest tonight, boys. Everybody turn your earphones down. Special guest tonight. He's back. way too long to make one seriously uh, that that was awesome i just returned from my mid-season bye that's that's the only thing that i had going on good good to see you boys good to see you boys oh my god um well welcome in everybody uh can we just just start off the show i'll i'll just start off i i am retiring from picking teams on a weekly basis um i'm done <laughs> I'm not doing it anymore and uh yeah i'm dead inside to be honest with you um, i feel worse than roberto mancini does right now colin how are you good i'm good uh lots and lots to to talk about um i i, I i'm numb michael i mean you're done picking uh teams i am just numb to the ineptitude of the denver broncos but we will get into that and all of yesterday's action in just a little while. The Irish NFL show presented by Trust Gaming, presented by Matchbook Betting Exchange. Did the bet come up last night, Brian? Sorry, Spider-Man. Or what's the... Spider-Man, Batman, whatever you want. Um, <laughs> no, no, it didn't. It didn't. Um, how can it, when teams like the Bucks, for example, who we're going to start off with, I believe, lose to Washington. Um, again, a weekend of some bizarre results um but at the same time when we were discussing the games at the weekend we did put up you know valid reason as to why we could see the books potentially not winning and the, the cards not winning so maybe we should have followed our convictions and not picked the favorites to win those games and certainly not to put them into our bets because uh but look my team were on a boy this week so the great thing about boy week is you can sit back relax and not go get, get too stressful and just enjoy enjoy how the whole weekend of games play out yeah, my, um, my team were on a buy as well, Brian. Oh, well, technically we played the Browns, but it was like a buy. The Bucs no, were playing, but the, the Bucs lost. That's not my team, Michael, and you know it. You want to keep riding it. I, I, I get it. I get it. But no, um, <laughs> very seriously, like every every round of the NFL is always, we were talking about any given Sunday, the last few weeks have been utterly bizarre in so many ways. And even this week, you told me, on well i mean I, I watched the show back guys so i know none of you thought in fact two of you picked the browns at the weekend for example um but if you told me the pats were going to walk that by scoring 45 unanswered points i would have asked you what you were smoking and suggested that the guardians detain you for further questioning um equally if you told me that the panthers were going to win including cam newton as you brightly featured there at the start michael just with a little bit of overlay um, scoring on his first two touches back, one with a pass, one with a run, um, you couldn't write the story sometimes that come up in the NFL. And, you know, every given Sunday, it's fantastic. But, I mean, we can dive into it if you like. If you want to have a dig at Tom Brady and the fact he threw for two inceptions in the first half and his team went down miserably, I mean, we can start there if you want. We can. Uh, just first off, I watched Sunday Night Football and... I am dead inside. I'm I'm exhausted. I don't know how people do it, and I think I'm getting old. Uh, Fred Fred Flunk has commented saying, "Washington football team, are you wearing Brian?" And um, I thought that was very good. Now, to be fair, 
Um, I don't know what he's wearing either, but uh, we'll we'll try and put a disclaimer uh, on the show next time for children and stuff uh, just before they start watching. But um, that was a joke. Let's let's look at the Bucks. Let's start off with the Bucks against WFT. WTF happened to Tom Brady yesterday, Colin. Uh, we all picked the Bucks. A couple of boys started tweeting us yesterday morning going, is nobody picking Washington? Me sitting laughing going, Washington aren't going to win. Like, you know, and obviously. Tom Brady, Colin, was starting to show 2015 Peyton Manning sign. There, I said it. Uh, I, I wouldn't uh, go that far. I wouldn't go that far. But I, we, I did say um, it, the game against the Saints was the first time I'd seen him look old. And... Um, I look the the Bucks are going to make the playoffs, and uh, it, who who knows from there. But this notion that he had and his nutritionist guru had that he might play into his fifties, I think that has been well and truly uh, put to bed. Brady throwing two interceptions in back to back games for the first time since twenty twelve. Uh, a strange game. Look, firstly, kudos to to Washington, but it was it was a strange game. Neither team you felt played exceptional football the probably the best part of the entire game was obviously that final washington drive to take 10 minutes off the clock and then uh riverboat ron he you know rolls back the, the years brings it out fort one and gibson who's playing with some sort of broken shin um goes in for for the touchdown and then they they kneel down rather than take the the opportunity or the chance that the bucks might um, you know, block or or intercept the uh, two point conversion. Uh, you know, you you'd have to say for for the Washington football team, who I was enormously critical of when they were in mile high a few weeks ago, because they were awful, awful. Um, but they, you know, they went up uh, early yesterday, and they never really looked like they were going to surrender that lead. So a great win for them. When we were discussing the game at the weekend, I was putting up a case as to why Washington would win. And that, that case I put up was that the Bucks might come back after bye week and be a little bit sloppy, but I dismissed that because Washington were also coming back after bye week. So I thought that would be null and void. But the Chiefs, sorry, the Chiefs, we haven't got to them yet. But the Washington defense uh, played really well a few weeks back in Green Bay and they didn't get the result they deserved that day. And then whilst it was a disappointing performance in particular on their offense in Mile high, their defense again played well. So there was signs that we were getting, we were going to see something of last year. Five sacks on Brady, and Marks touched on the two interceptions in the first half. Two interceptions in the first quarter. What I felt yesterday was with the Bucks offense. I think we've seen it the past couple of games. There's players that Brady trusts, and those players are the likes of Gronk and Antonio Brown. And it shouldn't be underestimated in terms of the impact on that offense with them being out of team because Brady hasn't looked the same since they've gone out of team. And that last drive, you're right, 19 plays, 10 minutes. I mean, when I went 23-19, I think I think majority, including ourselves, probably felt this is going to be one of those games that Washington played well, but what will happen is the Bucks will get the ball back late and drive down and win. So to go 19 plays and literally kill the entirety of the clock was a really significant. It's a great win for them. Um, for the Bucks, it's interesting. That's two defeats in a row. That's a lot to read. <laughs> Come to the Raiders and Chiefs shortly. We'll yeah. come back to it, don't we? Yeah, but for the Bucks, um, look, they are going to win the division, I think, because the Saints are starting to slow down a little. But um, it'd be interesting to see because they're certainly not going to be up there in, in the number one seed situation. They'll be they'll be going all the way in terms of playing the wild card, I imagine, and uh, be interesting to see how they go from here. 
I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering with Colin's lengthy comment there, is he blaming Tom Brady not only for the Raiders decline then, but for his boldness uh, in what he's describing? But um, if so, I can blame Tom Brady myself as well, then I'm going to go for. But um, yeah, look, it was an appalling performance by the Bucks. I mean, Brian's rightly alluded to it. Like there's certain players Brady trusts. I mean, there was always the problem with the challenge in New England as well. Didn't have the diversity on their offense. They really just, I mean just did not show up. I mean, if nothing else was evident from Bruce Arians' comments, I mean, he is livid about the penalties they're giving away. They gave away 11 penalties against the Saints. They put themselves in bad positions time and time again. And yeah, when your quarterback throws two first quarter interceptions and you end up behind 13-zip early on, you're behind the eight ball. Now, you know, watching on red zone or watching as I was, I was watching the Browns-Pats game, obviously, and only passing interest in the other games initially and when I was catching up on things, you see the little ticket going at the bottom. It's like, Terry McLaurin is out for Washington or, you know, or was injured and was left to film as questionable to return. And you're thinking, oh, you know, they've got an early lead, but the Bucs will come back. But they didn't. Um, and Washington fans need to rejoice in this because, let's face it, it's been a disappointing season for them. They were the darlings of everyone, including many of us, uh, to, to take their division this year. They lost their starting quarterback early on. And even in a bright light, like a great win like this, there are dark clouds looming with Chase Young confirmed now to be out for the season from an injury picked up in the game. So all of these aspects, um, they add up to kind of a really not only inconsistent, horrendous week and season for Washington, but yeah, continued disappointment for the Bucs. But let's face it as well, the Saints didn't take advantage. The Bucs are still in the prime position to take the division. You're right, Brian, they probably are not best placed now for the top seed with Green Bay and Arizona continue to lead the way in that. Um, but they'll still be there or thereabouts. It's a little bit like the Chiefs who will come to, maybe. You know, don't don't panic just yet, Mr. Mannering. Uh, Mark's just uh, touched on injuries to every young, but another injury today, which is significant, and it's on the book side, is that Vita Vey has gone now for the foreseeable. And last year, when he got injured uh, in around week 10 to week 14, that's when they actually had a bit of a drop-off. Like You could argue he's one of the top defensive tackles in the league. And when he came back at the back end of the season, Obviously, they got things going again in the defense. So I don't think it should be underestimated how important he is to that defense. The fact that he's gone for the, like for the bones of three to four games, I think it's a significant loss for them. Yeah, and look, every every team has injuries, but you look at the box. The secondary's beat up. The yeah. receivers are beat up. They're, they're they're suffering with a bit there. But uh, can they get right for the playoffs like they did last season? That's going to be the question. Who knows? We can't predict anything now. I think the last couple of weeks have, have told me, especially that I'm I'm sort of very humbly just sitting here saying not a lot this evening. Uh, I'll say this: so Chase Young, uh, for him, obviously out for the season, huge loss for Washington. I actually thought whenever that happened, that was the end of the game. I thought they were going to turn off. I thought the fans were going to, well, the fans that were there were going to turn off, but they they done well. The funny thing is, Tom Brady had two, like okay, he had two picks, right, two interceptions, but he hit two hundred twenty yards, two touchdowns. Tira Heineke only has one passing touchdown and less completions. So it's funny in that sense. But I've got good news when you're talking about Vita Vea. I've got good news for the Bucs. They're playing the Giants next week. Tom Brady only had like a two-minute press conference. He's already up for it. There's no wonder you're wearing that already, Brian. It's a big week. Um, I'm, I'm excited for that Bucks for that Bucks Giants game next Monday. I might stay up and watch it. So uh, I think this is just a blip in the road for the Bucs. They had injuries, well, all I'd say is they're going to go up against a defense that's played really well the past month, um, and they might have it. It won't be as easy. But look, all their defeats this season come on the road. They're very strong at home, and I imagine that will be crucial in this game. 
a week out. Interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, let's let's jump ahead to the next game. It's obviously the Panthers Cardinals game. Cardinals came in unbelievable. What eight and one? I want to say eight and one. Yeah, uh, and then this happened. I uh, just wanted a chance to play this again. And then Cam Newton uh, won the the whole thing. Um, I was stunned by the Cardinals yesterday. Um, I thought they would find a way to win against the the Panthers. Uh, you seen like NFL game day all morning. They were talking about Cam Newton coming in. He had a rap sheet saying like, "Oh, he'll play a few few players. It'll not be anything special." And then boom, the the whole thing just went to went to hell. Somebody made a comment there now. I don't know if it was Brian or Mark or who was it, Brian uh, Column, but saying that the Bucs have, have got this division sorted, hopefully, but they're not too far ahead of the Panthers or the Saints. No, well, I certainly um, I underestimated the shot in the arm that Cam Newton would give them. I I, won, I said on the, the show that they should look to get him involved in packages, whatever they could, because he's undoubtedly the best quarterback on that roster without a shadow of a doubt. And he showed the impact that, that he had um straight away like he comes in and he does that and you could just feel the the change in terms of when he ran in for that touchdown um the the way in which every he celebrated but the way in which the entire kind of panthers roster took some energy from that and and christian mccaffrey even at times we saw him on the sideline getting massages and but he he went off he looked like his old self uh, in fairness, Brian had said, um, you know, watch out for Colt McCoy, but I don't think any of us thought that the cards would be as bad as they they were on on the night. And it's now cost them the the number one seat currently. Um, you know, you'd have to say obviously that is an offense that's built specifically almost for Kyler Murray. So they, the fact that they were without him and without one of the top receivers in the league is something of a, of a mitigating factor. But they need to get them back clearly. Losing Murray, losing Hopkins, and um, you know not having JJ Watt obviously eventually caught up with them. It's it's going to be tight, obviously in the the run in. But for the the Panthers, I mean, the, the more they can involve Cam, the better. And you know, you would you would expect them uh, now paying what what was it was a sixty four million I think I saw the bill was uh, in terms of replacing Cam if you include um, Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, and what Cam is being being paid. Yeah, you'd expect some you know a reasonably solid QB pay for sixty four million. I gave so many valid reasons on the show at the weekend as to why I felt the Panthers would win this game and then pick the cards. I touched on Cam again. I agree with Cam. I didn't expect to see, I suppose, the uplift in which we see him from the players, but the qualities in terms of what he's brought in, his experience in, in New England, potentially with some more leadership skills, because even today, Bill Belichick is getting praised for this win because he's taught Cam to be a leader over, over the past 12 months. And the players are re energized. I'm not sure about that now, but that's one of the theories today. And uh, McCaffrey coming back a week on from, his, you know, from played his first game back after injury, 99 yards, rushing 66 catching like he is arguing that like we talk with Derek Henry but he's a special player and when he's fully fit you know he's one of the best in the league and then on defense Riddick going back there Arizona they let him go in free agency he went to the, the cards or so he went to the Panthers he has nine and a half sacks nine and a half sacks this season he had a point to prove he had an interception he he caused a strip in the first quarter 
you know. So they've got players, and I, I agree they could make a run here. Like we, this team are five and five. They're a wild card at the moment, and they've got Washington this weekend. You know that would be kind of a revenge game in a sense for to go back and beat Ron Rivera again, having been previously the head coach. So there's reasons why this team could potentially make the playoffs. Uh, look, it's it's a bit of a bizarre, you know, bizarro world again. I mean, the Panthers deal with Newton originally. Like, look at the amount of money they're giving him. Somebody described it to, wouldn't it be great if with every X, all you had to do to make things all better was just give them a load of money and everything will be fine again? But it is almost that. I mean, it's ridiculous overpayment. I mean, it shows how desperate they were and how they felt that there was no other viable options. Um, but... The biggest laugh I got was the post-game conference, where in the post-game conference or subsequently, Cam said, it's not all about me. It's not all about me. You've just scored the first touchdown. You take your helmet off and go, I'm back, and you get a 15-yard unsportsmanlike penalty. But yeah, yeah, it's not all about me. Um, it's, it's a bit bizarre, to say the least. I mean, they've enjoyed it. They've got the right result, obviously, tonight. Brian, you want to say something about the conference? Yeah, I don't know if you went on to watch the remainder of that press conference where he started referencing Nazareth, was it, or something along yes. those lines? Yes. Only for one of the beat writers' phones to ring. He was disgusted because he got caught in mid-sentence. In mid, in mid he wasn't impressed at all. <laughs> so, um, but look, it, it, unbelievably, they capture catch out the Cardinals. And if you want an example of just how bizarro the season has been, and particularly the last few weeks... Guys, what's the longest win streak in the NFC at the moment? Who's got Two. the longest win streak in the NFC at the moment? Two games. One game. At the moment, as it stands, no team has won two games in a row in the last couple of weeks. The longest losing streak, incidentally, after you get past New Orleans and the Bucks, who have both lost two in a row, I think I'm right in saying that, the longest losing streak is the Bears. I mean, Kel Spree's on four losses in a row. But generally, nobody's put two wins together since, you know, in the last two weeks. That That is just utterly bizarre. And so the Panthers overturned the cards? Yeah, we should have bloody seen it coming. We should have realized that well over. But also, how much of a great GM's job has been done in Carolina? Not only did they uh, draft and, and deal with and pay for Cam Newton's replacement's replacement, but now they've got on the roster Cam Newton's replacements, replacement, Cam Newton's replacements, replacement, replacement, and of course Cam Newton's replacements, 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 replacement, which is Cam Newton himself again. Get your head around that for your time travel. Uh, uh, well, one thing has been proven this weekend, and I can at least say this with some pride: uh, Cam Newton should never have been let go in New England. He was more than an efficient backup, and he was only let go because he was. No, I know he didn't fit the system, but he would do all right. Come on. Cam, right. no, to play, no, no. Cam Newton should never have gone to New England. Never. Yes, I, oh no, no, I, I, I never got the move. Should he should have never have been. been. He should never have been pulled from the. Like, look, uh, I never got. Can I just make a sorry point. The reason why Edwin, you bear in mind, he signed for for. If Mark might correct me if I'm wrong, he signed in July last year, very close to when the training camp was. And at that stage, it was between Stidham and Hoyer, and. Look, they weren't, weren't comfortable either, those, and it was an emergency situation. There's yeah, fair, Mark. Oh, no, that's that's fair. I'm just, I mean, like, I don't even have to correct Michael on the he should never have left New England because <laughs> you guys seem to pulled by enough in itself. But, uh, no, at I the time, I, I said it. I'm surprised Belichick didn't keep him on as a veteran backup, veteran backup at the particular time. 
But, you know, so far, so good. Bill Belichick knows more about American football than I ever will. And uh, he's been proved right in his decision-making, one would say, Michael. Don't worry, we'll get to that game next. I'm sure we'll have something to say about that. It's week week 10. So he has so far this season, absolutely. Come back in February and we'll talk about that on, like, you know, postseason. Waddy's saying the Cardinals are in big, big trouble in the division now. With the Hawks coming in, Wilson can't play that bad again. Yeah, f- thanks for your comment. If you, if you want to get it on the screen, just go on YouTube and type it in. Folks, I'll try and get it on the screen. Loads of comments coming in. We'll try and get that going. Um, I was impressed with Cam Newton yesterday. I think they can make a run for the division. I can't believe I'm saying that. But they'll, they'll win against Washington next weekend. Uh, they'll go, what, 6-5? and five? And, They'll be 6-5, and five, yeah. yeah. The bizarre All thing is that, that if you look, like Marcus alluded to the fact that no team's won two games in a row. If you're 3-6... and six, you're only one game over a wild card in the NFC. The AFC picture before the game started yesterday, the AFC picture between the top 11 teams was insane. It was like your two wins. It's, out. It it's even more so now, Michael, because the Colts have gone to 500. So there are only, if I remember correctly, four teams in the entire, no, three teams in the entire thing, uh, four teams in the entire AFC who are not 500 or better. Still, all of the AC North, all of the AC West are 500 or better. So, you know, that the wildcard battle there is going to be absolutely crazy, to say the least. Um, thank you, Mr. Pro Football Focus. I said that because the next guy, Mac Jones, was Pro Football Focus's highest passer rating quarterback yesterday. He had three touchdowns, uh, 198 yards, 19 for 23, only 23 completions. Or tw- twenty-three attempts from Mac Jones yesterday. Um, I was obviously benched in the fourth quarter. Uh, I I never said that he done very well. I still think Najee Harris at the minute is a shoe in for Rookie of the Year. But we'll come back to that conversation. Uh, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. Calm down. Calm down. The Patriots didn't just beat the Browns yesterday. Uh, they destroyed them. Um, and on that note. I'm going to get a beer. Colin, what did you think of the game yesterday? Uh, well, we've had lots of talk about Mark being back and Cam being back. But if you remember back, way back to the Poltergeist movie franchise and Poltergeist 2, and Carol Ann said they're back, and it was the stuff of nightmares. And if you're an NFL fan or a fan of one of 31 teams, then this might well be the stuff of nightmares because... Patriots are are playing like the 2001 Patriots, um, efficient on both sides of the ball. And there has been lots of Matt Jones slander on this show. And uh, it's been ridiculous because Matt Jones has done everything that has been asked of him. And the Patriots, without their RB1, though maybe they found a new RB1, um, went to town on, on the Browns yesterday. Um, Patriots were absolutely fantastic. Uh, tells you what they did when they pulled Matt Jones and uh, they, they put the backup in. Jacoby Myers gets a, a touchdown. Uh, look, they, it, it, it's telling. And, and whether this was the Patriots' defense or the, the Browns' offense, the Browns were 1 of 11 on third down. That is horrific. There needs to be some serious soul-searching in Cleveland. And they now find themselves with the the Baker decision looming, you know, ever larger. And what what did they do there? Because yesterday he was horrific. Yeah, I think you know my feelings on Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I think I made it very clear at the stage that 
that contract should it went started at 40 million, then it was down to 30 million. I think it'll probably end up around 20 million because he's just not he's he's not for me. He's another Jared Goff. I mean, he really is. He he's come out saying, Oh, I, I I didn't see players open. Well, Jared Goff doesn't see players open and he gets criticized every week, but for some reason Baker Mayfield seems to escape it. And that was Odell's Beckham frustration that he was getting open and he wasn't finding them. Um, I was reading today, back in his Oklahoma days, the scout said his problem, he doesn't see players when they're open. He certainly didn't see players when they're open yesterday. As I said, one of 11. And he he could have came back into the game and said, oh, no, no, we'll leave it there for this week. Long term, he's not the solution. But you know, I'll probably get criticised just like I got criticised by, well, me and Colin got criticised by some Patriots fans last night for bearing in mind, as Mark said, the two teams that were five and four going into a game with both their leading running backs out of the game, I felt that the the Patriots would be more impacted with Harris out as opposed to Chubb because Ernest Johnson could come in and fulfil a role there. I think he got 20 points in fantasy, so he did reasonably well at running back. But look, yeah, I don't think anybody saw that performance coming. It was a toss of a coin game. But, I mean... I don't, I don't think we can say nobody saw that that game coming, Brian. I mean, in, in, in the sense of what you said earlier in the show, you didn't expect oh, yeah, yeah. You to have thought that it was going to be an absolute beatdown. I mean, yeah, yeah. you say about that, and obviously I wasn't able to join us on the show the other day, and I would have called out that actually Ramonde Stevenson coming out of um, the preseason games was thought of very highly by the fans, by the coaches. Obviously, they made the trade for Sony Michelle, kind of having confidence that they had Harris, JJ Taylor, Stevenson, and Brandon Bolden, who's playing more of a role in offense than he probably has any of his time in, in the Patriots as an emergency option, um, and playing very well, it must be said. But Stevenson is running hard. The O-line seems to have fixed a number of its problems, although occasionally, obviously, off left tackle, still a bit of a concern with Isaiah Wynn or whoever is in place, whether it's Trent Brown or whoever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, even watching the game, and I'll say to you live, my feelings were like this. Uh, the Browns absolutely walked all over the Patriots on the opening drive. Walked down the field, basically. Seven points. Patriots and Jones put together a lovely drive, got it back 7-0 with a big third-down conversion on the screen. And I thought, geez, this is going to be a good game. This is going to be a battle to and fro the whole time. And Mayfield gets intercepted on the next drive. And, to, you know, to Colin's point, he just didn't show up after that. He he disappeared. The, the Patriots held the Browns to 217 total yards. Um, and it ended up over as a as a contest i mean for the degenerate gamblers amongst you like i'm not going to name names here but i would have said hunter henry given he scored four touchdowns in the last four games would have been the shoe in and maybe some people to bet him on score two touchdowns some people might have some people might have been on stevenson to get one touchdown and then two as well and it might have come good and of course it all gets topped up by jacoby myers at the very end finally finally the longest drought of a receiver in 40 years before his first career touchdown. Two amusing factors on that. Jones chased the ball down for him afterwards. And Myers afterwards was kind of like, why did you do that? Considering you refused to take the ball for your first touchdown. But you see the celebration of all the players, the players streaming off the bench to celebrate with Myers that touchdown. That is something Belichick has preached for years. The epitome of a team, the bringing everybody together. You're supposed to celebrate each other's successes. That's what I want to see. That's genuine. You can't fake that. That was clear. And yeah, maybe he's building another team. I don't know. Maybe Bill Belichick is a pretty good coach and can get teams to perform better than the sum of their parts. But on the Mac Jones question, look, I said in week one, I think, and Colin, you reported at me, the king is dead, long live the king. Um, he continues to do everything that the Hi. Patriots... Hey, hey, hey. I, 
I am the one who said back in the draft, Mac Jones wasn't just some fat kid from The Simpsons, that Mac Jones <laughs> was a fantastic talent. No, 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 no. no. I picked yeah. the Patriots yesterday. I didn't think Mac Jones was going to be quite where he is now because he's outperforming all of the other rookies. And he, he is. Not, I mean, you know, gonna, I, will, I will say Chase, for me, is still offensive rookie of the year just because of what he's done and what he's performed. But, you know, Mac Jones should be up there Long very heavily in the conversation. He's being protected well by McDaniels and Belichick in terms of the games they're calling, the plays they're giving. But any throw you ask him to make, any position you ask him to do, he he's doing it so far. So all steam ahead, and the Patriots are well on the course for um, shaking up some people. Next two get the two big games coming up: Bills and Titans. After the Falcons on Thursday night will be very, very, very interesting. Sorry, I was just going to make a quick point because I know we, we want to move on, but um, it, it's also coincides with the fact that the offensive line has improved because it started off. Yeah. Of, it was a bit. Rope at the start of the season and with a rookie going in with an offensive line struggle. They seem to have got it together, which has obviously helped him progress as well. Absolutely. And and sorry, I'm going to say, I mean, compliments on the defensive side as well. Duggar, who people write off as a day two terrible pick again in the secondary, he's coming through. He's got a great pick this weekend. Phillips performed against the Charge the other week. Barmore, who's our second round pick, is making big strides on the defensive line. The D line and the O line is performing at a better level every week. I mean, can they be exploited? Absolutely. Dak Prescott proved that more than enough. But can they continue to grow as a good team? Yeah, pretty sure. And the Irish Patriots show will return Thursday at 9pm. I, I, I was really impressed with the pitch yesterday. More so, I was shocked at how bad the Browns were. I think it's the second time in consecutive games. I'm sorry, the first time ever in the history of the, of the franchise, the Patriots scored more than 45 points in consecutive home games. Correct me if I'm wrong there. Uh, you sort of mentioned it there, Mark. Look, Patriots played really well. Come back to me when they've played the Bills twice in the Titans, and, and uh, I'll bow down to you. Um, every week's different in this league. Uh, look, they, they were brilliant yesterday. But were the Browns crap? I don't know. They still played really well. So you should be very happy and very optimistic. I'm I'm not scared, though. I've seen all these tweets. like Everyone should be scared of the Patriots. I, I seen Dave Portnoy tweeting, everyone get your flights booked to LA. Ah, come on, the lads. Come on. No, 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 no. Steady, steady, steady. But to get back to the summit of the mountain, you must stop at various camps along the way. This is a step in the right direction. If they win the East, let, let's talk, yeah? But even at that, they're probably a fourth, fourth seed, one and done. And you can take that 32 minutes, 57 seconds in. I, uh, Michael, just one last I, point on this. If they I, win I, the East, Mark, fair, fair play. Uh, no, no, no. I did get contacted by a a, a more, um, I don't want to say delusional fan, but more passionate fan than, than I, who commented that, well, yeah, but the the number one seed is now in the Pats' hands because if they beat the Bills twice and the Titans and win out the rest of the season, they're in pole position. I was like, let's okay it's a four game win streak let's let's hold our horses now a little bit but yeah michael you should know where all these beat writers always choke these mad statements i i'll read you one here from the eric delala i assume he's a broncos guy is he eric's a good lad though come on yeah um on the 14th of august when you were playing your first preseason game against the vikings he tweeted taking up tweets folks if i were you i'd block off february 13th 2022 in your calendars (laughs) So they all throw crazy stuff. Yeah, but Portnoy <laughs> saying that means that he thinks the like I'm telling you, and look, anyway, great for the Patriots. Well done. 
let's see what happens in a couple of months. Um, intriguing the that next the... week. Sorry, Michael. Who the pages got next week? Falcons on Thursday night. Football. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Thursday night football, and then uh, they have. I want to say the Titans. The Bills. Titans then followed by the Bills and back-to-back weeks. Yeah. And then they can in between. No, I think it's like Bills. Something it's the Bills, the Bills, Titans, by then the Bills again. Yeah. yeah. We'll so, have to be afraid, Michael, next weekend to make any pick on the Patriots game, judging by the reaction we get if you don't pick the Patriots. You know, so. Where's the game? <laughs> oh, Jesus. In, in, in Atlanta. <laughs> oh, We've had that yeah. before, Fred. Michael's done up a great clip a few months back. Okay, Luigi. Okay, right. Uh, let's. I've actually forgot what game we're on now. Uh, I want to give a shout out to everybody um, from the UK and Ireland, etc. That went over to Green Bay, uh, especially yeah. all the pot. I believe. I believe the uh, the correct term is Paddy Packers, and I would like to also again apologise to another team, the Packers fans, for again getting the wrong pick on Sunday. But by God, by God. Can the Seahawks not score? Because what did I see yesterday, Colin? Like, I mean, 17 points. I get, like at home. Granted, there was snow. Um Russell Wilson, I know I, I understand that he needs time to, to gel and get back in. He looked there were signs of obviously signs of promise there. Wouldn't mind him on a couple of teams next year. But uh, you know, if that was LA, if that was San Francisco, would that game have been a bit closer yesterday, or, or what was it? How did the Packers get over the line? Because it was quite close until the last quarter. Um, the Packers got over the line because they've, and and I think if I was Green Bay, I'd be very, I'd be very encouraged in in terms of you, you, you lost Rogers because of COVID stuff, right? And then you had to go and play the Chiefs, and the Chiefs barely got over the line against you when your rookie QB making his debut. Now you might have long term concerns about him, but the team and the defense has been absolutely outstanding. Um, you, you'd have to say that. And you know the the previous time uh, when when Rogers hasn't uh, thrown uh, for a touchdown um, and has thrown an interception, they're one and five. So that's a, a, a big step in the right direction. They're also lost Aaron Jones, but Dylan stepped up and they were missing a couple of key defenders. So I think a big win for them yesterday. And first time the Seahawks have ever been um, shut out under Russell Wilson. So to me, that's a that's you can't you can't do too too much more. Uh, you you know, if if Rogers starts to play well uh, on, on top of that defense. And they're now the number one seeds in the, the conference. Yeah, look, they're going to be there or thereabouts in the conference game. And, well, they, then then it all depends. But if I was a, a Packers fan, I have to say, I'd be pretty encouraged by what I'm seeing at the moment. Did anybody buy hand warmers? Well, because no. they have the cold weather. For, for, for all the hype of a snow yeah. game, I mean, you wouldn't have even, okay, you wouldn't have even known it was there. Uh, there was no, but you'd have to be encouraged with this Packers defense. We've we've touched on it time and time again now. To, you know, the talking point for this team this year isn't Rodgers to a certain extent. It's more so the defense and how much they've improved on last year's performance because ultimately that championship game was they were completely ripped apart by Brady, in particular the secondary. So they've been really strong this year. So it's hard to gauge whether it was Russell Wilson because now they're saying he shouldn't have played yesterday. He wasn't ready. And But when would he be ready coming off that injury? So look. I think Russell Wilson will come on for that performance. And bear in mind, 3-0 three, three going into the fourth quarter, and Russell Wilson chose a pick in the red zone, which at that stage could have swung the game in their favour. But um, 
Rogers looked a little bit off, but again, you could argue that's down to the fact that he hasn't practiced for the bones in 10 days. But for me, the best thing was good old Tony Romo, because Tony made a great comment with two minutes to go. This Seahawks team is going to be fine. Look at the performance today. They're going to be fine this season. And Jim Nance responded, well, they're not going to be fine, Tony, Tony, because they're three and six and they're playing Arizona next week. Yeah, they're going to be fine. Anyway. You have to believe. You have to believe. Yeah, I don't know what, what team he... Tony was just having a corona or two, Brian, and chilling. Good to see Jim Nance finally calling them out and so listen to his crap and me. So. The uh, Brian O'Leary and Tony Romo love story Jesus. continues <laughs> ad infinitum. Um, <laughs> On you go, Mark. But, um, <laughs> yeah, quite not sure where to take that from there. But, um, yeah, look, I mean, we saw um, the poor performance by Colt McCoy in the Cardinals game, which we already touched on. I mean, I mean it is disappointing when these replacement quarterbacks come in and just don't bring up the standard of the team. And we had two replacement quarterbacks play yesterday because, of course, neither of them played in their team's prior games. Um, Rogers was off form. He also threw a red zone pick, which is very unlike him, especially at home, and did throw for a touchdown. But the conditions were appalling. I'm with you guys. When you think that Jair Alexander and Zadarius Smith, probably their two best individual players, are still out of this Packers defense, that's a massive bonus and obviously great sign in terms of how they're gelling as a team. Uh, equally, AJ Dillon. I mean, God, don't stand in his way in a you know quiet alleyway at some point because he'll bowl right through you. As Bobby Wagner found out when he was carried into the end zone, effectively by AJ Dillon. What a great one-two punch with Aaron Jones, whose MCL injury seems to be slight and therefore isn't out for the season. But hopefully, we'll be back in a couple of weeks, Packers. Uh, fans, when you combine all that together and hopefully the weather gets a bit better than it was, they are a team that therefore are built to potentially go far, to potentially go all the way. But how often do we say that about these Packers? Like how often? Every, every year. single year it comes up. So to Michael's point about the Bucks, as you said, and about the Pats, which is well taken, um, Packers fans, sorry, you've got it's Super Bowl or bust and you've got to prove it this year finally uh, in, in relation to things. For the Seahawks, what to do with a problem like Russell? Like, do you stick or twist now? Do they make a change with John Schneider or Pete Carroll? Do they make a change with Russell Wilson? He wants out. You could get three first-round picks. You get potentially a top-level player. They have so many needs. Russell Wilson can't effectively operate in that. They can't do anything in the timing scheme because the O-line is letting people pour through. Every play is effectively a, sc a scramble play. So, yes, they go for it. You know, is it time to trade Russell Wilson? I think that's got to be a legitimate consideration for them this offseason because a three and six, and especially in the division they're in, they're going nowhere. So at what point do you press the big red button that says, boom, reset? And I think it's got to be a genuine consideration for them. I, I Sorry, very quick. I felt last offseason that it was very much, let's run it back for 12 months. And then we'll reevaluate the situation. So I don't think a trade is completely out of the, the realms of possibility come the next offseason. Thinking of Father Ted there, I suppose a, a trade is out of the is out of the question. Um <laughs> just just very quickly on, on that game, uh the, the safety duo of was it Amos and Savage done really, really well for Green Bay last night. Um I was more impressed with them than I was with Rogers personally. But look, Green Bay got it over the line, they'd done well. Going on what you're saying there, but the Seahawks, yeah, just bring in a, just bring in a rookie quarterback, Mark. It'd be grand. G give him, give him nine or ten weeks, and and we'd all be plopping about all over him because um, 
we'll all be happy enough. <sighs> did, did I'm, I'm, what 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 more, what more could Mac Jones have done? I'm not talking about Jones. I'm talking about the We're not at the playoffs. The same, the same with the the Packers and Marcus having a go at them. These teams are doing. We're not in January, lads. They're doing what they can. They we they haven't played the Super Bowl yet. They they forget um, there first. The Broncos aren't going there. The Giants aren't going there. These are teams that might actually make it. I like Seattle. Like I think they've got. I, I haven't seen their their schedule over the next few weeks. But if you're sitting the three and six in a seventeen game season, there's still hope. Especially in that division, when we're looking at tonight, um, when we're looking at the Los Angeles Rams and the Arizona Cardinals, when to play. I just uh, look, look. They're playing the cards this weekend at home. Anything can happen in this league. Like the last two or three weeks have shown how much of a bum every one of us is when it comes to picks, especially me. But anything can happen in this league. Do not be surprised if the Seahawks win four or five games in a row now. Um, Russell Wilson, if he wants to be traded, feel feel free to go somewhere if you want. Um, I think both him and Pete Carlos will be in Seattle next year. Their next three games are the Cards at home, Washington away, 49ers at home. Ooh. If Kyler Murray comes back this weekend with D-Hop, it's hard to... I, again, it depends which what the situation is a quarterback because if Col- Colt McCoy got injured yesterday, so you know they were down to the torturing quarterback yesterday. But it's then we're hard. yeah we're looking at the whole situation you know is is Kyler fit etc cetera, etc cetera. I don't know we'll look at that next weekend Colin you've got your Seahawks gear on anyway at the minute fair play to you and um, shout out to Pete Carl I couldn't be bothered editing it but uh, Pete Carl is hand warmer I thought it was like oh, a gosh, yeah, film yeah. for a minute and I wasn't talking about Mac Jones uh moving on to the real team the team playing the real football at the minute and they look really really good the Titans Beating the Saints. By God, this Titans team can get it done. I love Ryan Tannehill. Who is not who is that running back? The guy with the dreads. Who is he? Mike Nichols. Is it like is it Mike Nichols? It it's like number number seven as well. Who is that guy? <laughs> we, we won't delay this show. We'll check that afterwards. Yeah, I, I, anyway, I'll come back, but come man, for me, I, I liked how the Titans got it over the line yesterday. Um, I thought they were aided in the better by the referees. Oh, God. You know, that, that was the worst call of the, the game, or the, the game, the day, possibly the in, entire season. That rough in the passer call was simply insanity. Um, and I don't know if any pa- any other refereeing decision will have a bigger impact, you know, e- even more so um, potentially than the Bears the other night. It has been an awful, awful year for refereeing. Um, I had a good a good go at Roger Goodell uh, before the season started and his cowardice in dealing with the Deshaun Watson uh, situation. Um, well, there was, then, then there was the Gruden situation. He's now being sued by good old John in relation to that. And now they back the referees when clearly they're not up to it. Yeah, kudos to, to the Titans um, on a, a heck of a run and doing what they need to do without uh, Derrick Henry. And their pass rush is ferocious. Um, you know, Jeffrey Simmons gets another two yesterday. They have 27 sacks uh, through the first 10 games. Uh, and again, sacks uh, cha- change games. But 
for for the Saints, it's a sim similar story. They they take too long to to get going, and they're undone by referee call. But also their own ineptitude in terms of you miss two extra points. There's a there there's the game right there. So I imagine Sean Payton is very frustrated to, today. But the Titans march on. The double whammy on that shocking call was also the fact that he actually intercepted in the end zone. So it wasn't a case of even, you know, it wasn't going that way. They'd still have the ball. They intercepted him and it would have went back as a touchback. So Jerome Booger, Jerome Booger was the referee in that game. He was horrendous yesterday. I wasn't impressed with the Titans yesterday. I felt they were very sporadic on offense. They didn't really do enough. They stored to the game. Defensively, they got them over the line. The Saints, without Kamara, struggled. They only ran for 70 yards rushing. And that was combined across three three running backs. So for me, they got that one over the line. And, and ultimately, the impact on the game was the fact that they missed extra points and had to go for that two points. And again, in the end, what we're seeing from Simeon now is kind of, you know, what we probably expected to see. He played well initially when he came in against the Bucks, And we're seeing him, you know, we're seeing the quarterback that he is. He's just average at best. And it's going to ultimately probably cost him in the long run. Yeah, it's going to sound weird. Um, we just lauded the Patriots for being on a four-game winning streak, but the team with the biggest winning streak in the NFL is the Tennessee Titans. They won six on the bounce. And in fact, the last five have been against teams who were playoff teams last year, which I think they're only the second team in NFL history to have ever actually achieved that five wins row against previous playoff teams uh, from the previous season. Um, but... It was a very unimpressive performance. Like, you know, it's not surprising. They've lost one of the best offensive weapons in the entire NFL. Um, but they are going to have to rely more and more on Ryan Tannehill and more and more on the passing game. And I think it will end up breaking. Trevor Simeon, New York, New Orleans Saints are not an offensive juggernaut. The thing that's going to hold back these Titans, um, whilst I agree with, uh, with Colm, their pass rush is certainly impressive and effective, their secondary remains the biggest concern going you can score points on this Titans team and when it's a case of well yes but we can force people to do that maybe get a turnover or two because we can control the clock and the run game because we have Derek Henry um it makes them more designed to win the games they probably shouldn't have won yesterday yet won yesterday against a slightly better team than the Saints noting of course as somebody's going to point out they destroyed the Buccaneers a couple of weeks ago um that they wouldn't have won they would have fallen at the, the herd all the times but they managed to get the win over line to Colin's point that's all they can do at this moment they're eight and two they're in the first seed in the entire AFC um they basically have that division I mean the, the Colts won they got to 500 but the Colts aren't making up four games over seven and that's what they've got to do because they're own two against the Titans this season so they've got their division they've got greater goals ahead and who knows I mean what if they do get the number one seed and they get a bit of extra time for Derek Henry to potentially get healthy and make an impact again in the playoffs. Who wouldn't like that as a, as a narrative and a storyline? Um, tougher times are ahead. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it was what it was. And the Saints were the architects of their own downfall as well with missing key kick to leave them in that situation. Yeah, the like I get the Titans' secondary isn't as good as, like for example, the Patriots one at the minute, which looks really good. Um, I guess just timing is getting over the line and calm. You're right with that call. Um, I think I blanked that out of my mind. Do you know what annoyed me yesterday? Uh, the Saints being near the goal line and Taysom Hill comes on. 
Oh, I wonder what he's gonna do. Oh, he's gonna run. Okay, right, Grant. I just, I'm just bored of that now. I, I mean, maybe I'm just boring, like, like just getting it, old and stuff. But it's ah, it's boring, man. Come on, I don't even like. It's funny you saying that, boy, because there's loads of reports out there today that they didn't, they didn't use him enough in their head zone. If they had him use him more, they could have spilled out players, you know, and they would have got touchdowns. They didn't, they didn't use him enough. If I was on a Titans defense, I'd be right. I wonder what he's gonna do. I, think them, I felt the game torn as well. The, the final drive of the first half, two minutes to go, Saints get the ball, Trevor Simeon takes two sacks. I mean, he's playing in the league long enough to understand the internal quarterback clock. You shouldn't be holding on to the ball. Live for another day and get rid of the ball. To, to hold on to the ball. Sorry, when you have no timeouts remaining, he has to know to get rid of the ball. My child has an internal clock. He knows when he wants to get fed, he tells me. So how this quarterback doesn't seem to know at this stage of his career, I'll never know. Um, that Titan second year made Trevor Simeon look like Tom Brady yesterday. They don't need to, though, because Trevor Simeon beat Tom Brady last week. Um, okay, Vikings at Chargers. Another game that I got wrong. Uh, Zimmer lives to fight another day. Well done to the Vikings. I think I got every late, late window game wrong, including Sunday Night Football. But column A, Chargers couldn't sell out the stadium, couldn't win the game. The Vikings get the win and are now what like 70 games behind Green Bay. I can't remember what the current situation is in that division. Well, the Vikings continue to be the Vikings. You, you know, what 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 exactly are they? Yesterday they were fantastic. Everybody showed up. Justin Jefferson was absolutely unbelievable. Obviously, he was the, the standout, but Conklin at tight end was fantastic. Thielen had a role to play. Um, Dalvin Cook, after a week um, of all sorts of allegations, was able to play um, because the league acts sometimes and doesn't act other times, but uh, he almost ran for 100. Um, and they, they were, you know, they, well deserving of, of their win. For the Chargers, it's really been a month to forget. Uh, last three of the, the last four um, haven't broken 28 points in that time, and they just continue to, to give up points as well. So, um, they, I think for if you're if you're the the charges, you're really looking at your uh, receivers and and wanting them to to make a bit, make more plays. They, they they seem to really be struggling at at the moment. And uh, Jefferson flicking the ball at Keenan Allen um, was quite a, a telling moment. But uh, for for the Vikings, is it going to be yet another case of too little, too late? I was very, very disappointed with the Chargers. I think it's what's evident over the last few weeks. Teams are starting to catch on to them now. Like Mike Williams has gone from being the number one wide receiver in the league over the past, over the first four weeks of the season, to literally non existent in the last four to five games. They've removed them. The Chargers' defense is still a concern. They're giving up. I know Cook is always going to have a good day, by and large, against most teams, but on average, 160 yards. They were on the field for 41 minutes of the game, the Chargers' defense. They were gassed. And it's a consistent team now with that defense. They're on the field a lot. And look, if they're going to go to the playoffs and make it, you know, a, a deep run, they're going to have to get that defense sorted out. And Herbert again, he's kind of gone off the boil. That game yesterday was a season ending game for the, for the Vikings. We, again, it's probably one we should have re recognized as it's a winner bust scenario now. And now this weekend, they're re energizing and they've got the Packers coming in. So interesting to see how, they, how it plays out next weekend, especially with Aaron Jones. We didn't touch on it. Aaron Jones and the Packers gone for a fortnight now. He's a big player for them on offense. I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to keep saying it. Don't 
bet on a game involving the Vikings. Don't bet for them. Don't bet against them. Just don't put money anywhere where the Vikings could potentially touch it or influence it in any way, shape, or form. They're now technically, I mean, technically, four and five. They're, they're very much in the wild card race, arguably, in the NFC. And do you trust them? I don't trust them as far as I can throw them. An amazing stat was flashed up on the screen yesterday, during yesterday's game. The Vikings are the only team in the NFL who have been leading every single game that they played this year by at least seven-plus points at some point in the game. They've been up by seven points in every single game, and their record is four and five. Kirk Cousins is nearly 70% completion rate. He's 18 touchdowns. He's only got two interceptions, and they're still four and five. Um, they are the bizarre – I mean, I said bizarre already one. The Jekyll and Hyde in so many respects. I mean, Colm says, is it too little, too late? I channel – that was a song by JoJo back in the day. I channel another girl singer, Christina Aguilera. It's like a genie in a bottle. You just got to rub them the right way uh, is the philosophy to get the Vikings <laughs> moving in the right, in the right direction. Um, I just – I just cannot get over how crazy it is. And now, if I turn the other side, I mean, what has happened to the Chargers? Um, for such promise, such a great start to the season, the only thing I can put it down to, and I'll go back to watching them more closely, obviously, when my, my team's playing them and the Pats are playing them, I was actually surprised at how little speed they have in the team, especially the wide receiver positions. I mean, you look at it, Keenan Allen is a fantastic technician, at the wide receiver position, Mike Williams is great for contested catches, big body, great possession receiver as well. But there's no one that takes the top off the defenses. So to me, it seems, if you like amateur coach on the sidelines, safeties are playing closer and closer to the line because they know they're not going to get burnt over the top. And that's with Justin Herbert's amazing arm that they don't have that deep threat, which threat and obviously stretches out defenses more. Um, there's lots of concerns about how the play calling is going, uh, and, and a lot of things. But unfortunately, if the Chargers don't get their act together, that season is slipping away yet again. And for something that started with such promise, that is very, very disconcerting. But reminder for next week, don't bet on a game involving the Vikings. That's your public service announcement. That's it. Public service announcement. Um, okay. Well, I'm, I'm gutted because I've been listening to Too Little Too Late by Jojo for the last two and a two and a half minutes in, in my years here. Um, I was going to say, you don't like me, you just like the chase, so be real. It doesn't matter anyway. It doesn't matter because they play the Vikings or they play the Packers next week. So that win was useless. And if I was a Chargers fan, I'd be gutted because at one point yesterday, it was all coming up Melhouse for the Chargers in the AFC West. Um, it's not anymore for various reasons, which, which we'll talk about the next two games. Just let Justin Herbert do what he wants. Just let him attack. Like, like Jesus Christ. Like, like it... It's like watching, it's like asking somebody out and their parents aren't letting them, you know, stay out after 10 o'clock. Like, it's like, just, just give him the ball and let him do whatever the hell he wants. Like, let him run the offense, let him do whatever he wants. I'm getting annoyed now. Um, and you're I, seeing people on Twitter today saying he's not playing good enough. Ah, come on, like, just, just let him play away. They would have won that game if, if he had been able to be more free yesterday with, with the offense. It wasn't, it, it wasn't good enough. It was pathetic. I think as the season's gone on, I think the, the loss of Hunter Henry is starting to be more of a, you know, you realise now how, how like, Page has paid him big money. He's a quality tight end. and But, like, Parham Jr. is the tight end. And he looks like a really, you know, good player. And he's young and he makes some nice plays. But he's not the Hunter Henry. And they don't have that down the middle of the field, that kind of security blanket. And 
Prater can give them that with the 20, 30 yards, allowing them to stretch the field and he takes up stuff. The nice what Kelsey does for the Chiefs in, in a way, but that's not there for them. So take Mike Williams and Keenan Allen is slowing down. I mean, I don't know if, he, if that's the general thoughts on, on the group, but he doesn't look the player to me that we saw over the years. He's still a very good wide receiver. Don't get me wrong, but he just doesn't seem to be the player. Page just did it a few weeks ago. They allowed, they allowed everything to go to Keenan Allen. 10 yards, 15 yards, nothing major down the field on Mike Williams. Take that out of the game. Where does he go? Okay. And Eckler, okay. touch and go for me. I don't, I'm not mad about Eckler. I, I like this Chargers team. I, I still think it could come good because I think the teams in the AFC West are really inconsistent at the minute, but we'll talk about that. Well, let, let's talk about one of them now. Eagles-Broncos. The Denver Broncos go to Jerry World and beat the Dallas Cowboys last week and then get smoked against Jalen Hurts and the Eagles at home this week. Colin, a few questions for you. One, what's the point? Two, why do we why do we care anymore? And three, can you carry the show for the next 25 minutes? Because I can't do this anymore inside. I can't. Uh, well, I said on Saturday night show that who, whoever lost um, that losing team's QB would get the blame, right? And, and that is exactly what happened. Doesn't matter all the other foibles that the Broncos have. It all came down. Um, the inter, the internet, Twitter has been ablaze with Teddy Bridgewater's business decision. And yes, Teddy made a, uh, a business decision, and you know it was awful to watch. But uh, why is it that? Only players get criticism for business decisions. The Broncos traded Von Miller. That was a business decision. That weakened the team, right? The, the Bron George Payton gets praised for getting the, the draft picks, even though it weakened the team, even though if, you, if you're a paying fan, you're getting a lesser product, right? Um, the, the Broncos have nearly 14 million in cap space. The Broncos have consistently, over the last four years, been amongst the top teams in terms of rolling cap over every single year. That's a business decision. That 14 million could be used to help a struggling team bring other players in, but a business decision is made. So why is it that it's only um, players that have that can't make business decisions? It's the same when it comes to trades. If a player wants a trade, oh, they're the worst in the world. When a team decides they're going to trade a player and the player gets sent halfway across the, the country at six hours notice, that's grand. Ah, football is business. You know how it is. So t we talk all the time, football is business, but a player makes a business decision, that's not okay. I think at this point, though, put Drew Locke in, right? Because I think half of Broncos country have forgot that Drew Locke was bottom of almost every single QB stat possible last season put him in let's run it with drew lock and let's be done with this nonsense that drew lock can be a franchise qb is teddy bridgewater the answer no is drew lock the answer no drew lock is a guy who hid his tracking device in the corner of the qb room last year didn't wear his mask and lied to the league about it okay that conveniently seems to get forgotten about all the time Drew Locke cost the Broncos um, in, in terms of they had to play at Kendall Hilton. So that's the that's the QB situation. But go to the Broncos last nine of their last 13 home games. Nine of their last 13. When they are trailing at halftime under Vic Fangio, they're one and 20. One and 20 when trailing at halftime. So what does Vic do in the locker room? Are there any adjustments? Is there anything made? 
And on top of that, in the past two seasons, the Broncos have seven double-digit home losses, right? Seven double-digit. They've never had that many over a two-season two stretch. You, Not even when we were horrifically bad in the 60s. There, there's going to be um, a, a show on CBS Denver this week which looks into some of the ownership issues. Um, I, I would encourage everyone to, to watch that because uh, that's going to be absolutely blockbuster. Um, but the Broncos have any number uh, of issues. Teddy Bridgewater is, is one, but he's not the main one. This is a team that desperately needs an owner, desperately needs a head coach, and desperately needs a franchise QB. I'll discuss the game then. Yeah. Okay. Um, you've missed the field goal in the tour quarter. That, no, sorry, Callum. Look, I know that's more so for Broncos fans in general. I'm just going to reflect on the game. Um, you've missed the field goal in the tour quarter, which was a gimme. Brandon McManus was blocked. Um, at the stage where um, that fumble happened on the fourth and one, Melvin Gordon just needs to get down on the ground. He's in. He's going in the red zone, you know, live for another day on the, on the play, but he tried to push on for the extra yard, even though it wasn't recorded, and he fumbles the ball. I, I don't agree with Colin on the Teddy Bridgewater situation. Well, so you understand that you don't want your quarterback getting injured. Um, we saw clips coming out of Payne Manning today in a similar scenario a few years ago. Just try yourself to the ground. Make it look like you've made some kind of effort. Um, and then he came out today saying he's trying to roll the player in a particular way so other players would catch him. It's, it's, look, it's just it's a bad look. Um, and once he's never going to catch the player, you just make some kind of effort. The standoff, I think, was a bit... I mean, he's supposed to be leader in the team, so you got to show leadership skills on and off the field. And I suppose the critical part around the players, Colin, yeah, I, I can understand where you're coming from, but ultimately their players are the ones that go on the field. And and that's, Mark has obviously given up listening to us talk about the Broncos, so he's, he's packed it in. Um, on the game itself, sorry, um, I said on the show last week that if you look at the percentage of plays that, you know, in terms of what the offense the Eagles are running, 70% of the players have been are handoff to running back. They're only allowing Hortz to, to throw for 20% of the players, and whether that's because they don't feel he's good enough to carry out the players, um, I don't know. But yesterday, they handed it off 40 times, and they ran for over 200 yards. So I don't understand how the Broncos defensively don't know that's that's not coming. I mean, it was obvious throughout the week that the game plan was ultimately to use Howard and I can't recall the other, the uh, Bart, uh, Boston Scott, the other running back. Boston he Scott. used them, you know, predominantly in the game. And, you know, Shut that down and let Hortz beat you because honestly, I don't think he can beat you. Now, I know he threw a great touchdown in the first half, but it's a strange. Life. The game was there for the Broncos self destructed yesterday in that game. The Eagles, yeah, fine. And the result looks like the Eagles won comfortably. They did because the air it was essentially was gone out of the stage on that return for the touchdown. But up to that point, the Broncos were well in the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I give Jalen Hurts a lot of criticism, um, but one, you know, a couple of great throws and Devontae Smith coming up with a couple of amazing catches. I mean, if we're looking for positives in terms of great football play, I mean, there were some great plays. And, you know, I understand your frustration as fans with the team. I mean, they went down 10 points, they brought it back a bit. They went down 10 points again. And it's a 20-13, like when we're talking a one-score game when that fumble occurs and the the effort doesn't occur. And yeah, to Brian's point, Bridgewater has come out and said, oh, I, I was trying to turn him back inside. That's the way we're coached, is we're trying to turn him back inside. He didn't try. And I'm sorry, it, it to me is, is inexcusable in many respects. I mean, you know, 
I know it was a Super Bowl, but think about how much we remember Cam Newton's non-attempt to recover a fumble in that particular game when it was even more vital. Um, that that was, I would say, severely disappointing. Um, I think for the rest of it, it was a tight game between two teams who are not going to make the playoffs and have fundamental flaws at a lot of positions. Um, still not convinced by Jen Hurts, but I called it out a while ago. The Eagles continue to evolve into kind of a Baltimore North type situation. They rushed for 214 yards um, yesterday as well. And potentially that's the way for them to continue to go and evolve um, if they can keep the ball pounding. It's what they did a couple of weeks ago as well. I think they ran for 250 yards um, in another game as well. So good for them in that regard. I appreciate your pain as Broncos fans. You're still at 500 though. You're still around in that division, albeit it's going to be tough matters. Um, but yeah, you, you are still dealing with the fifth and sixth best quarterbacks in your division, and that's part of the fundamental problem. Michael, could I make yes. a quick point before you before I give you the floor? Sure. I, look, I'll, I'll not be long going on. Um, have, I suppose we're well into the season. It's easy now to reflect back and, and ask the question, but I, right now, it's you look at that. I know Patrick Stain looks like he's going to be a quality player in the long run, but I still don't understand now, looking back, why they didn't take a quarterback, because... This draft next year, we had Connor Rogers on the show last Thursday, and like these guys are in the league, they know what's coming down the line, give or take. You know, you, we hear last year's generational quarterback would have been discussed. Trevor Lawrence was being discussed two or three years out with other players, and they're talking about the Manning nephew in the next three years, etc. The, the, the coaching staff know, the scouts know, they had to know next year's is a weak quarterback draft, and they've allowed Justin Fields, who looks like he's going to have a good career, to pass up on him, and I know, like, the, again, the Vaughn Miller scenario last week was, oh, we get extra picks, and that will allow us to be competitive in the quarterback chase next year come free agency. But Philadelphia have three, first rounders, the Dolphins have two, the Lions have two, the Giants have two, and ultimately the teams, in my opinion, won't do business with the Broncos because they can't give them those number one picks. So it just doesn't make sense how they thought that this would work in the long run with Teddy. Yeah, and if I can if I can add to that, I mean, like, obviously, free agency could be interesting. Aaron Rodgers, potentially on the offing. Russell yeah, okay. Wilson, potentially on the offing in relation to it. But the draft itself, you're going to likely have the Lions picking first. Are they looking for a franchise quarterback? Absolutely. Texans pick in second. Are they looking for a franchise quarterback? Absolutely. You've got the Giants at the moment who have the sixth and the eighth pick as things stand in the draft. Could they be looking for a replacement franchise quarterback? Yeah, that's a potential as well. Like, I mean... Anybody who has any potential could well be off the board early. Um, so it's free agency or bust in that particular regard. Um, speaking of the Lions, by the way, guys, in all the fun and games, we haven't yet got a chance to talk about the wonders of time. I, I, I wanted to hear Michael's point on the game, Rex. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'll get to. I'll get. I'm sorry. Not here, 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 here. It's gone. I'm only, I'm only joking. Um, Sorry, just somebody put a comment in. Thank you for that comment. It might not pop up because of the language, but appreciate the comment. But I'm not sure who put it in. Um, let's let let's talk about the Eagles. The Eagles done really really well yesterday. Scored thirty points against the Broncos team. That scored thirty against Dallas. That that's that's incredible. Um, Jalen Hurts. Let's forget who we all support here. Jalen Hurts for the last five weeks has got the highest quarterback written in the league. Jalen Hurts joined has joined an exclusive club yesterday. Uh, among Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Robert Griffin III, the only quarterbacks, 2,000 passing yards, 500 rushing yards, five rushing touchdowns in the team's first 10 games. Uh, 
if I'm an Eagles fan, there's a lot of shit going on, boys. But by God, there's something positive there. Uh, and at one point yesterday, Jalen Hurts looked like peak Kyler Murray against this Broncos team because he was running like somebody running to the fesh or something. Uh, I don't really have much to say other than that. And, and Devonta Smith looked really good. I don't really care anymore because nothing's going to happen until this team is sold. If the team isn't, well, the team has to be sold in the offseason. If it happens before or after all these quarterback car sales come in, whatever. They may have the players there. If I'm Russell Wilson or Rodgers, I couldn't give a damn. I wouldn't go near that franchise the way it is. It doesn't matter. And these are my thoughts in, in this video, and I, I am happily going to move on. Physically sick, to be honest. I'm, I'm rapidly falling out of love with football. I just wonder what's the point anymore, you know. I, I really, so, yeah. I really don't get it. Like, like there's teams who are three and six and are a game out of out of work hard race in the NFC. If things had went your way yesterday, you would be sitting today, joint top of the division. You're but they didn't game. go, Brian. We scored thirteen that. points since 2017, Brian. We have only the Jets have scored fewer points. Like, if, 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 got a base like, on this season, Colin. Based on this season, Can based on this season, we seasons? we were absolutely blessed by playing the three easy. We could not have asked for an easier opening to to the schedule. Couldn't have asked. Yeah, comment from there's, there's a comment from Chris O'Brien there saying, "Am I the only one who thinks Hurts seems to be improving week on week? He looks no. great." Hey, welcome, welcome to the the Jalen Hurts train, everyone. No, I tell you, I wouldn't be on it. I'd be jumping in front of the train more like. Okay. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but I, I don't understand. Like the you 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 think the Broncos are decent? You've no time for Hurts and the Eagles. I look at the playbook. Seventy percent of the plays every week are run orientated. Why are they doing that continuously every week? They don't have a strong running game. For I, me, the I reason they do it but, is because they don't right trust now, hasn't got a But right now, he's he, do, doing that is a better option. Like they he he he's showing more progress in his second season. Than Drew Locke did for the Broncos last year. Is he the answer? They have no idea. But with what they can do, given as you've outlined, it's not going to be a good draft class. They have the three picks. They can either go up and get one of the, the guys who are going to be available in free agency, or you put pieces around Hurts, probably on defense, because that's where they're going to be weak, and you see what you have, and then you, you go out the following year, or you potentially trade one of your ones and stock up for the following year. Like to to me, he he the the jury's still out. I don't think he's good enough to 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 say he's going to be great. As I I think you can say that about like Matt Jones, he's going to be very good. I don't think the answer is there with Jalen Hurts, but I don't think you can say there's no way this this kid's a bust. He's it's very but I but to me they're they're definitely further along than the Broncos are, where we have two guys who are backup QBs. Yeah, let's 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 move on. Uh, but just very very finally, the Broncos played the Giants, the Jaguars, and somebody else in the first three weeks. Was it the Jets? I can't remember. Texans, oh, anyway. Jets. Texans, Jets. Texans. So Jets. let's let's take that out of it. And they're they are uh, what two and two and eight. But they beat just, yeah, but they, yeah, but they beat Dallas. I I don't know what's going on. Anyway, let's let's let let's look at teams that'll be in the playoffs. Uh, Kansas City went to. Las Vegas last night and, and destroyed the Raiders. Um, I didn't see it coming. Me, me, me and Brian went against the 
The Chiefs. Uh, Mark, we didn't get your pick for something like that, but I can't remember what what, what, what it was. Chiefs, oh, yeah, I presume. Pick the Chiefs, yeah. Yeah, pick the Chiefs. Um, look, I set up to watch this game and I regret it massively to the point where I'm struggling right now. Um, I, I, I'm going to regret asking this question, Colin, but uh, were the Chiefs really good last night or were the Raiders shocking? Or was it a mixture of everything? Because Mahomes looked incredible last night. But were the, were, were the Raiders shocking? Or what? What does you get from that game? Because I, I'm just getting annoyed at the NFL tonight. For a long why time. are you surprised that Mahomes looking fantastic? Well, because he's been awful the last few weeks. He hasn't been he, able to. Yeah, it. but he hit a he hit a slump. Like the kid is Absolutely. unbelievable. Like he's opening to his NFL career. I mean, he he absolutely hit he hit a slump, um, and he has to he has to show now the the consistency. But what he had did show last night, in fairness, was a willingness to learn, a willingness to take more of the underneath stuff. Part of it was, I think, that the Raiders were leaning a little bit on how they've played the the Chiefs previously, and they've played them well, and they were unwilling to do some of the things that have helped to slow the Chiefs down in in recent weeks. Um, but if, if that was a get-right game for the Chiefs, that's going to be a problem for the AFC West and the rest of the, the AFC. The Chiefs have definitely been improving in, in recent weeks, if not um, playing particularly well. Uh, and certainly they have gotten lucky in terms of they were able to play Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers. I don't think they were winning that game if, if Rodgers plays, but he wasn't there. So... You you have you have to to say Mahomes like what four hundred and five yards five five touchdowns and like and we're like ah, it's kind of almost almost like ah yeah he's back to where he was like that is so far above most QBs what any what QBs in the league are possible like possible for most guys um, I think it's going to be very interesting uh, over the. The, the second half of the, the season and to see can Mahomes continue, can Kelsey uh, continue, but they obviously have the, the Broncos uh, twice. So that will, that will be, uh, you know, one to, to keep an eye on. Look, if, if the Chiefs can get to the dance, you'll all, you're always in with a shot with Kelsey and with Tyreek Hill. For the Raiders, it feels like you know the wheels are coming off. We've seen this over the past few years with the Raiders. They sometimes they they get themselves into a position. Last year they they beat the the Chiefs when the Chiefs are really hot, and then they fell away in the second half. Is it a combination of everything that's gone on and fatigue? Um, but they they looked all at sea yesterday. Uh, the past few weeks, most defense have gone cover two against the Chiefs, and it's given Mahomes something to think about. But Gus Bradley decided in his wisdom not to go down that road last night, and he went cover one for the entirety of the game, which ultimately allowed the likes of Hale and Kelsey to find space. But at the same time, people are saying today's a blowout, and I've seen all the Chiefs fandoms on social, and oh, and they were showing clips before the game. They said, oh, we knew before the game the game was over. We were always going to win this game. Well, with five minutes to go in the tour quarter, Deshaun Jackson catches the ball in the red zone and who knows what happens then if he hangs on to it. But for some reason, he decided to continue to try and make a play thereafter instead of going down. He fumbles and ultimately for me, that was the turning point in the game because that would have put it within one score with five minutes to go in the third quarter. And after that, they so they went on a, a bit of a run in terms of scoring touchdowns and the, the result, look, they were dominant. But at the same time, there was a moment in the game where it looked like it could go a little bit towards the Raiders. But 
Mahomes, yeah, Mahomes had a really good day. And in fairness to the Chiefs defense, they played reasonably well last night. One, of, one for nine on tour downs to Raiders in the first half. They've done reasonably well over the past few weeks, but they probably haven't got to the credit deserved because it was against a weak Giants offense with players out. And then last week against Jordan Love. So they look like they're turning the corner as well, which is coinciding with them winning games. Uh, yeah, good old Sean Watson, the old peripheral, um, eternal bar of soap. At least this time he didn't drop it, just going over the line for, for once as he did back in his Philly days back in the day. Um, but yeah, look, I think I've been pretty consistent that I said the Chiefs will get this right. They will be up and around there. Um, I thought actually earlier, a couple of games ago, that the Chargers will be fighting them all tooth and nail the whole way for the division. But I called at the start of the season, I've said all along, they will right the ship in some respects. Andy Reid, if anything else, is too good a coach for that. Now, if somebody defends them again, like other teams have in recent times, is it still going to be right? Is it still going to be as consistent? But for one game at least, they've got the ship back on track. Uh, everything's turned in the right, same, the right direction. And they're top of the AFC West again. Like, it's simple as that, guys. They're top of the division and heading in the right direction um you know some stuff in that game Mahomes' pass to the running back in the end zone could have gone horrendously wrong it didn't um he got the touchdown another day it turns into an inception and we're saying why is he throwing these terrible passes again there's another inception from Mahomes. what's broken with Mahomes? um that's the razor's edge um but they fell on the right side of course last night fair play to kansas city um they're going to be a tough out and yes, I'd rather not play them twice like the Broncos have to do. They play the Cowboys this weekend. Um, there's a test for them. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that game, especially after that performance. You, you can't dispute that performance. Well, five touchdowns over 400 passing yards, 14 points in the fourth quarter, to be fair, to the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders had a chance in the second quarter last night. They didn't take it and they were punished. Uh, for a neutral, uh, you know, you want to see the Chiefs challenge them because they have... Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, welcome to 2021, baby. Um, and yeah, I picked the Raiders. The Chiefs were always going to win, so uh, it's fine. And I I don't have it in me anymore, boys. Can we just move on, please? Um, please. <laughs> this is the fun part now, isn't it? The end of the business. Broken man. Broken man. A- AOB. Well, let, let me start the AOB off. Um, a lot of time for Steelers. Um, obviously, we had Tommy Rooney on on Monday. Jesus Christ! Like I, I, I honestly, lads, like I have sat through some stuff in my life, and that game was was atrocious. Like it was like almost like a Division Four relegation game. I don't even think there is relegation in Division Four, but like watching <laughs> London play like New York or something. Like what? Like what's going on? I don't understand how the Steelers couldn't get that over the line. I, I don't get it. I know you got Mason Rudolph there, and it. I actually like obviously, hopefully, Big Ben's okay and stuff. Um, but it, you had to laugh. We came off a show Saturday night within 20 minutes. Big Ben had tested positive for COVID. Fair play to him for telling the team that he had symptoms, um, showing leadership, showing that he actually gives a damn, and he'll he'll come back better. He get a wee week off, put the legs up in cotton wool, and try and get back to where he was. But uh, I think it was a game for the diehards. Um. I was just going to say, uh, Jared Goff, was he, he was um, 11 for 25, sorry, 14 for 25, 114 yards. So he's, he's certainly earning the 25 million contract. 
that he, or, or whatever it is in the in the region of that kind of money. Um, it's a shocking game. Yeah, <laughs> like what, what else can you say? Oh, sorry, one there, there was one thing. Anthony Lynn was re, was relieved of his offensive coordinator duties yesterday, and Dan Campbell took over the play calling and got calls for 115 yards. That's where I was going with this. He might be getting those uh, duties back very quickly. Well, there. Oh, sorry, Colin. Just on Jared Goff, just to add, zero touchdowns in four of his past five games. So uh, I don't think who it matters who's calling the game. Jared Goff is an albatross around that Lions team's neck. The sooner he is gone, um, he he. I mean, you could probably have a competition between himself and Josh Rosen as to who is the bigger bust, um, and it would be it, it would be quite something. Um, I, I, I was just going to say that the the reality is, like, that was tough going, but the first three quarters of Packers Seahawks was pretty tough going to watch as well. Like, I mean, there was there were elements yesterday where you had to be a real purist or really love your football to watch some of it. Um, but that overtime, um, you know, two fumbles lost, all worked out. And again, this happens every single year. Every single year there is a tie. We get someone. Donovan McNabb, I remember, did it once. This time, Najee Harris is the one that steps up to the mic and goes, oh, I didn't realize there was a tie. Didn't realize you could have a tie in professional football. This isn't complicated, guys. Like, I mean, this has been the same since time immemorial. This always comes up. And these guys come out of college and go, well, I thought I was asking them, is there three overtimes? Is there two overtimes? It's like, what the hell? I love Declan's comment, by the way, because I think that is now the third time this year on the Irish NFL show, Benny Hill and Benny Hill music has been mentioned at some point. So you would have put the over-under on Benny Hill references at least 1.5 for the season. So we're definitely hitting the over on that. We'll know for next year anyway. Um, I think the tie situation is, is ridiculous. Just play on. Keep her lit. KHL, boys. K-H-L. Michael, that could have gone. We th- That game could be Keep her going. Lit. That could I will watch still it be going the right now. People there could be people be st- stuck in that stadium trying to, to uh, escape. Um, Get my money's worth then. You know, the, the other thing is the Lions cut Matt Prater to made a business decision to cut Matt Prater to save themselves some money. And uh, had they had Matt Prater, they actually would have won that game. Uh, now four, sorry, four years ago, I can't recall which team it was, but they got into the playoffs because they had a tie as opposed to a defeat. So who knows? The Steelers will find a way to make the playoffs and ultimately that t- that drawn game will be the one that gets them in. And I think that was the 7-8-1 and one Carolina Panthers, Brian. There you go. Thank you very much. Lovely. Um, we the haven't Bron- talked about the Broncos. The, the Broncos made the playoffs where, in a year where Tim Tebow completed two passes in a game, and they also lost a game seven-three to the Kansas City Chiefs, <laughs> and still made the playoffs where they actually beat the Steelers. Benny Hill, Tim Tebow, uh, Cowboys, Bills, an hour and twenty-five minutes. And before we get our game picks really quickly, Cowboys looked great yesterday. Um, do you ever see in The Simpsons when the kids like stop, stop? He's already dead. Uh, I mean, come on. Like, what was the point? I feel for D Orlando. I feel for the lads. I'm intrigued to see uh, what happens in Kansas City on Sunday because, you know, you've got the two best teams in football. But I'm, I'm joking. you got, you know, Dak Prescott, Patrick Mahomes. Talk about that at the weekend. Uh, Bills. Yeah. Good. Bills and, and Jets defense. Sorry, Colin. Jets defense. Three games in a row over 400 yards. They've given up 54 points, 47 points, and 45. First time they've done you hear what Rex Ryan said? 
the first thing they learned since 1966, and this defensive coordinator was going to come in and re-energize this defense. And you know, Robert Salah had the, the pick of all the guys he wanted. Yeah, well, it's an absolute catastrophe. Early days, ten weeks in. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, Rex Ryan's comments, I think, ten weeks in are extraordinary. Um, I, I I understand where he's coming from, but to say I that ten weeks in, in sounds like a man with a very very uh, you know broken. What, what, did, uh, what did you say? What did you say, Michael? I don't have the quotes on me. Basically, he said that. Oh God, what he was the said, exact? He said, word? "Don't don't compare Robert Salah yes. to to him." And he uh, he he basically said Salah is incompetent. Uh, Rex Ryan's um, or Robert Salah's brother is now come out to respond to that, uh, much like the the Jokic brothers coming out to defend their brother last week. And it all seems a little bit unseemly, but. Um, a bit like on the, you know, the, the jet season writ large. Um, how much does Mike White regret talking to the media and telling them that he should have been the number one overall pick in the draft? Talk about coming down to earth very, very quickly, Michael White. Um, yeah, that, that just uh, talk about an era to forget. Yeah. Nathan Peterman-esque at one point, it felt like, in terms of how frequently he was throwing picks. And that resonates, obviously, strongly with Bills fans. Look, the Bills did what they needed to do, but the Cowboys did what they needed to do and more. Coming off that disappointing loss before, you know, that was an impressive performance. And whether you want to lord Dak getting it back on track, when you want to lord C.D. Lamb for the dynamic threat he's become, uh, or Micah Parsons and that Dallas defense, which certainly, obviously, I mean, it's Atlanta and they have hit and miss at best, but they contain Carpet. They absolutely contain Matt Ryan, less than 150 yards passing. Um, fantastic performance. And that's what they needed to get back on track, but you still got to give props to the credit. And yet again, sorry, the last game we didn't touch on against, just very quickly, Colts, um, Jaguars, you know, tighter than many people would have predicted, but... Um, the Jaguars, you know, they're still coached by Urban Meyer. So uh, that's kind of holding back quite Carson Wentz was doing his utmost to give the game away with his left-handed shows again. And uh, we didn't touch on Dan Quinn, defense coordinator. The Cowboys haven't coached the Falcons. You know, obviously it was a yeah. revenge game for him. They gave him the match ball after. And Rex Ryan, you know, we haven't. I thought we were going to get into his, his foot fetish. You know, how he likes his, his wife to kiss yeah, his toes. No, no, no. no? no. no. Okay. No. I thought we were past the watershed and we could discuss that type of thing. No. Monday night football, no. Michael. No. <laughs> oh God. I haven't got the picture, but come like not, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna do it. I just I wanted to say how Bailey much Hill team there. Michael came in from a, a Packers fan there. I just wanted to say how much uh Gian Luca Viali looked like an under twelve Gaelic coach tonight, but that's a different thing. We'll come back to that. Uh, the Irish NFL show is presented by Matchbook Betting Exchange, Irish NFL show code. Uh, for a welcome offer, fifteen pounds sterling, fifteen yo-yos. Get involved. Thanks to the team at Matchbook. I figured out that I put if I put that like hashtag thing at the bottom, we pop up a wee bit so we can put the picks full screen. Pretty cool. But uh, yeah, right. What do we think? 49ers who are three and five going up against the Rams seven and two. Um, the prodigal son. Well, not really. He never played in LA before. For the Rams, but uh, OBJ's debut, uh, Von Miller. I think Von Miller's active tonight. Uh, yeah, yeah, confirmed yeah, that. yeah. So, what do we think, boys? Colin, start with you. I think it will be 
you know, I, they, there are issues for both teams. I think lo- losing Robert Woods is a big issue for, for the Rams, even with OBJ coming in. Woods is very, you know, has played second fiddle to Cooper Cup, obviously, this year, but I think his role is, is really important, and I think that will hurt them somewhat. But I think given that the egg that they laid last week against the Titans, I think they'll want to right the ship i think with vaughn coming in it will give them uh you know that that little bit extra to get after jimmy g and i this this 49ers side all is not well in the bay i don't believe i think there are um real real issues there uh given where they are at so whilst I don't expect the Rams to be firing on all cylinders like maybe they were at the beginning of the the year just due to um, people being out, I think the, the Rams will have enough um, and I, I think they will be desperate to get the, the win tonight given everything that's kind of the, all the talk over the last couple of weeks and just letting letting it down last week. I think they'll want to get the win. So I think they'll have enough. Yeah, but Robert Woods going down on the weekend show, we referred to Odell Beckham as the luxury that's now probably become the necessity with Robert Woods gone for the season. And I'm not sure how much of it he'll be involved this evening, you know, in terms of how effective he'll be because ultimately he only arrived in at the weekend. So how quickly can he get up to speed with the playbook? They're going up against a very leaky secondary. Uh, we saw it last weekend um, when the Cardinals went in and exposed that 49ers team. And, yeah, both are coming off difficult losses, and you know, ultimately, I think it'll be the Rams that rebound. They've come off the defeat last weekend where they might have been slightly complacent with the fact that Derek Henry was gone. They probably didn't have the expectation that that Titans defense and they didn't seem to run the ball too much last week. They kept putting uh, Stafford in shotgun. I think it'll be a more balanced offense tonight with, with Henderson getting involved, and they'll do enough in Cup, you know, Cooper Cup will have a day. And Jefferson, that second year uh, wide receiver who seems to be lost in all of this because he started off the season really well, but with. Woods there and potentially Beckham coming in. They, you know, we're wondering how much of the game action he'd see. I still think he'll see enough. And Von Miller, yeah, debut. You know, Aaron Donald on the other side. I think Garoppolo's in for a tough night. So for me, it's the Rams. Um, you never need insurance until something happens. And I can guarantee you the Rams, disappointed they are with Robert Woods' injury, are delighted they won the Odell Beckham sweepstakes at this particular time. It's funny, Brian kind of half alluded to the fact that, you know, Mayfield wasn't seeing Odell Beckham open. Sean McVay admitted in the pitch to Odell Beckham, he said, I'm not guaranteeing you a minimum number of snaps. You're not going to get a minimum number of targets. But I'll just say this to you. If you get open, Matt Stafford will find you. And after what you've just described and experiencing in Cleveland, maybe that's all Odell needed to hear is like, I'll get open and I'll get the ball. Look, he's going and Cooper Cup is going against a San Francisco secondary that is in a lot of problems. I mean, frankly, there's the old pass interference uh, secondary because once you get behind them and they panic, they just give away pass interference penalties to beat the band. Um, it is it is shocking how badly they are playing. I mean, that's a coaching matter as well. Like, I mean, the coach needs to bench people or smack them around the head when they keep playing defense like that in the secondary. There is a lot to improve in that regard. Um, you know, can they get pressure at the, uh, up front? Absolutely. Can Elijah Mitchell run, run, run? Can they run on the offensive side of things? Absolutely. But frankly, tonight for me is all about Von Miller and Aaron Donald. 
in the same team. It is like a Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl game, but in fact, the games are actually going to mention, uh, going to matter. Sorry, has Von Miller maybe lost half a step due to age, due to injuries? Yeah, potentially, but he's still an elite pass rusher, and I think he's going to get buoyed by joining the LA Rams and obviously playing in a side not only with Aaron Donald but a really impressive defensive front up there. They can only open opportunities for him to exploit. So I'm excited for once to see LA on defense more so than offense. And given the explosiveness of their offense, that's saying something. Uh, for me, it, I can see a way in which does the 49ers can make this very difficult and can make it a challenge. But I have to pick the Rams uh, and the Von Show to, to start afresh in Hollywood. Vaughn shows starting afresh in Hollywood, starting afresh in San Fran tonight. He goes back to where he won the Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos in 2015. He'll be happy to play there. Uh, LA obviously looking to rebound after last week. Um, wasn't a great performance last week, but look, we've seen this weekend, we've seen last weekend, teams have their moments, they have their weeks. McVeigh uh, should get them back on track tonight. The 49ers made Colt McCoy look like a Hall of Fame quarterback last week. Um, so that's really... All I need to say, uh, I, I all being though, there's like, there's a couple of factors here. I would be concerned that this could turn into the OBJ show, that they try and find OBJ a wee bit too much, and if they start to focus on that a little bit too much, that might have issues for them. Um, I don't think that will happen. I just think they need to realize that you know there's obviously other players on the roster. I know Robert Woods is out now, but you know you've mentioned their Cooper Cup. Albeit there's loads of other guys as well, but just you know. Odell Beckham has been in that team for a week. He deserves no more than four or five chances to touch the ball tonight. I think I read. Yeah, I, I I could be wrong here. I read that he will be returning punts. Is this is this correct? Yeah, he has done in the past, but again, I'm not sure where. Maybe so maybe to, maybe to transition into the team potentially. Yeah, are you just, yeah, are you yeah. just bringing that up for Eagles fans' benefits about returning punts? No, I know I'm not. I'm I'm just saying because I you know if you look at how you know the whole fallout happened in Cleveland. Just, just let him return a few punts tonight and, and see how it goes. On paper, the Rams should walk this game. I do think the under is the best bet. I can't see San Fran scoring enough points to get the over. The over and under is 50 and a half, I think, around that there. Uh, yeah, I am picking the Rams, which means the 49ers are going to win tonight. Uh, that is that is the best thing that I can say. The 49ers will win tonight on Monday Night Football because I said that. So don't be surprised if you wake up in the morning. The 49ers have won. Uh, that's it. Uh, any final words, boys? No, I'm just looking forward to it. a good show Thursday. Uh, a good, decent enough Thursday night game with the Falcons playing at home to the Patriots. And the Patriots seeing can they move on to five wins in a row. It looks like the Falcons are going to be without Cornell Patterson, who's been their most effective player this season. So the, the Patriots will be catching a break there. And I think we have some good guests lined up as well. Good, some good guests lined up. Uh, not sure what time we're going to have Thursday. Call nine, I think. I want to say nine. Uh, all, all to be confirmed. Uh, I think uh, schedules to be aligned, so we will uh, let let people know later in the week. Um, but yeah, if if CP is out for the Falcons, Bill Belichick has uh, gotten uh, yet another advantage. Absolutely, absolutely. I guess we'll see yeah. was, Yeah, he created the Swiss Army knife. He put him in running back before. He's the Falcons yeah. and Arthur Smith get the benefit, but you. Yeah. Nice of him to take a, a week off just when the Patriots are rolling into town. And that game is in Atlanta on Thursday night. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. 
bit of a rematch of that, <laughs> that could that could get me up on, on Thursday night uh right let's see what happens I want to thank everybody for joining in tonight folks whether on comments whatever if we didn't read your comment out we're sorry it's been a long week i haven't been in bed yet from last night you know i'm exhausted but again irish nfl show on youtube twitter facebook this podcast will be up whenever column gets it up maybe 20 to 20 to 12 column or so and uh, yeah looking forward to thursday night from myself from the seahawks fan over there with a hoodie from hand warmer the cockerel at the bottom and for spider-man we'll see you on thursday night all the best got so long god bless good night thank you good night